The Holy Gospel is according to St. Matthew, the ninth chapter. Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and curing every disease and every sickness. And when he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them, because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. And then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore ask the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Then Jesus summoned his twelve disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to cure every disease and every sickness. And these are the names of the twelve apostles. First Simon, known as Peter, his brother Andrew, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, Philip and and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector, James, a son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus, Simon, the Canaanian, and Judas Iscariot, the one who betrayed him. These twelve Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Go nowhere among the Gentiles and enter no town of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as you go, proclaim the good news. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Cure the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. You received without payment, give without payment. The Gospel of the Lord. Let us pray. Thank you, God, for making us disciples, giving us the good gift of your story and your love to share with others. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Happy Father's Day. Hope all fathers and those people who do fathering things are blessed this day. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Whether you believe it or not, the Lord Jesus is here this morning. Maybe you're in church because you wanted to get somebody you love off your back. Maybe you're here because you play the percentages And you know that if you're on God's side, the percentages go way up. Maybe you're here because after you worship, you feel better putting time aside for some spiritual things. In short, you may be here for all the wrong reasons, other than that you believe that the Lord Jesus Christ is here and is Lord. But it really doesn't matter, you know. Chalk one up for the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit got you up and in the door this morning. And maybe God's word will get through to you through your resistance and you would receive a gift of good and gracious blessings from God. 
whether anyone believes it or not, God is the boss. And sometimes it may take to our very last breath to catch on. I hope not, because there are so many blessings knowing that God is the boss and that God will be God no matter what. Out of God's love, God created us to be his people. But sin, that old age rebellion, we constantly sabotage what God wants us to have. But we are here. We are in worship. And worship does two things. It kills and it makes alive. By speaking God's righteousness and God's judgment upon our sin, it kills. And then speaking God's mercy upon us and God's love, it makes alive. Christian worship drowns us again daily in the baptismal waters. And Christian worship speaks the clear word of God from holy scriptures in our life. And Christian worship grounds us in the faith that was from people who have gone before us. And Christian worship feeds us with the body and blood of Christ in bread and in wine. That brings us to the point. What do we do as disciples? There's a story of the country preacher who went to a new little rural congregation. The preacher was obeying the call of Christ. And so that Sunday he gave them all index cards and said... Write down every family member, every neighbor, every co-worker that they knew who did not go to church anywhere. And he stopped the worship service, and people filled out the cards. And then they counted up the names. There were 1,200 names that that little church knew. And then the pastor gave them an assignment. And the assignment was, pray for the people on your card. Put it on the refrigerator so you can see it. Put it on the mirror so when you shave or put on your makeup, (coughs) you can see it. Put it in your Bible so when you read, You can see those names. And they did that for a long time. And then the pastor said, I want you to invite the people that you have been praying for. Invite them to come to worship. And keep inviting. And keep inviting. And keep inviting. Guess what happened? 
the the disciples in that little church reached out to the lost sheep in their community. So church really isn't about us. Church is about God. And God wants to save us from ourselves. God knows what's been attacking us in our life. God knows who is sick and who is ailing. God knows who is dead in their faith. And God knows who is close to death in their body. And God knows who the modern-day leper is and needs to be healed. And God knows what kind of demons hold our lives. And God wants to save people from hellish lives. Sometimes we go to church so long and so often, we forget that God cares about all that stuff. And God cares so much about that stuff that in our text, Jesus commands the disciples, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. And then Jesus turns around and sends out the disciples. Sometimes when we make a prayer, the answer is us. And the prayer is the prod to do something. I've heard it many times in my ministry. A desire that the church would grow, increase in membership. Prayed that God would bring more people But we forget. We forget that God has already prepared for the harvest. But we need to go and bring it in. Everything that I've read on evangelism states that the best way for a church to grow is that the present members go out and invite others to come. One study says for every ten people that join a church, one comes from the pastor, nine come from the members. Evangelism. It's going out. We have worship service, we have Bible studies that we may talk about our faith among fellow believers. And then we are practiced to go out to our unchurched friends and strangers. Disciples witness and their work begins with those people closest to them. Church members share their faith story with each other as practice and then share it with the world. Have you ever received a gift? Nobody's received a gift? Okay, should we try it again? Anybody receive a gift? 
thank you. Thank, well, a couple of you have it up here in front. But what do we do when we receive a gift? How did you feel? What was it like saying thank you? We in America have lots of time for gift giving. The big one, Christmas, Valentine's Day, Easter, birthdays, Mother's Day. Oh yeah, and today, Father's Day. They did a little study about Father's Day. They found out that on Father's Day, Father takes everybody out to eat. But if we're giving a gift, we often ask, in some way, what does the person want for that gift? And then we try to fulfill that request. So gift giving involves very little surprise. But what happens when we receive a gift that's totally totally a surprise and totally touches the depth of our heart. What do we do then? Do we try to repay the gift to the giver? Not out of duty, but out of love? That's what the last line of the text is about. You have received a gift, so freely pass that gift on. And that gift that you have received is your salvation. That gift that you have received is the love of God. That gift that you have received is the fellowship of believers. In Jesus' day, it was a virtual virtue to practice hospitality. The stranger would be invited in like a brother or sister. That stranger, the visitor, would have a place of honor. The people that were invited in did not deserve it. Society expected it, and it was given. And so Jesus started his ministry based on hospitality. But in the end, Jesus gave a larger gift, the gift of himself, the gift of God's fruits, the gift of the Holy Spirit. Much outweighs hospitality and a meal. So the spirit of grace is freely given. It's not something based on our merit. It's based on God's greatness and blessing that causes thanksgiving and service. God blesses because that is God's nature. And God makes a choice to bless. God offers healings and wholeness out of love, not in payment of duty. God adopts us as children. He doesn't force us 
to be in worship. He doesn't force us to love him. He offers his love and grace. So God freely gives gifts. And we have a responsibility. It's our responsibility to use those gifts with care. To exercise wisely. For others, they bring peace and joy. It's a way for us to care for the other person. And we have to remember that whatever good work we do, whatever action that we take in pride, always, always comes from Christ and not us. So gifts, material and spiritual, are received from God. Do you know the gifts that you have received this week? Have you passed those gifts on to others? Have you thanked God and given credit to God? Matthew's text challenges us. Pass along the grace. God gives the prayer to go out into the harvest, and then God sends us into the harvest, and God gives us grace. And in that grace, we are converted. And in that grace, others are converted. And in that grace, we drain the world of selfishness because we share God's goodness with others. Let us live in that freedom. Let us live in the gift of God and in the grace of God and invite our friends to be with us. Amen.